All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the third and final week of our series entitled Living on Full. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? So I want to just right off the bat deal with an elephant in the room, my face, all right? So for those of y'all that see, I have a bandage on my face. So let me just tell you, uh, I got a little something removed from my face. All good, no problem at all. Uh, But I do want to say to all the young people, the moral of the story is when your mom tells you to wear sunscreen when you're a teenager, obey your mom. Come on, can we just have a hand clap for all the parents that are trying to give wisdom? Jeez, in the 80s, we would wear copper tone. How many of you know that's not good for an albino? You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, it's all good. It's just a little something. So I thought... I'm definitely not going to not preach. So anyway, so, hey, we are finishing up, and I I am so excited. We're finishing up today uh, our series every year. If you're a guest here or if you're maybe not been here for longer than a year or four, five, six months, or maybe this is even your first month being here, every year during the same time of the year, last week or two of October, first week of November, it's usually about three weeks it was this year I do a series on stewardship, possessions. What, here it is. What does the Bible say about that area in our life? By the way, I, I, had a good, I had a compliment this week, and I just want to share it with you guys. I hope this doesn't sound too uh, cheesy. But a person came to me and said, Pastor, you know what? I really get your style. And I said, explain. And they said, well, here's the deal. Every message, in essence, you tell us something you want us to know and then something you want us to do. And I thought, that's exactly the point. Every message, it's I give you inspiration and then I give you the bridge of how to apply it. By the way, you can do that in every area of your life. The Bible speaks, and this is so revolutionary for some people that are new in Christianity. New people think, well, you know, the Bible is just about having a relationship with God, go to heaven one day. Well, yeah, ultimately, that's what we want to do. But the Bible equips us how to walk with God and to succeed in life in the here and now. For example, how to be an employer, how to be an employee. Here's another one. How to resolve conflict and relationships. Do you know the Bible actually talks about that? The Bible talks about, and another area that the Bible is so practical is related to stewardship and possessions and money. So once a year, I do it for three weeks. I do it at the same time. Today we're finishing. Next week I begin a new series called Vertical, How to Live a Godward Life. But, but I want to finish up today, and I, I want to talk to you today about the supernatural blessing of God that can rest upon our lives as we grow in generosity. Now... My dad is in this service, and, and so I'm not trying to embarrass him, but I, I, I will say this. I, I learned so much from him. My, my dad, and, and you guys have know those that know him, he's a big encourager. He just builds people up when he gets with him. But one of the things that I learned, and this is important, as a, as a young man, and then as, a, as I got, gave my heart to Christ and really began to understand it, is how generous he was. 
My parents, again, from as little as I can remember, they were always tithers. I mean, that was just putting God first. I mean, right off the bat, their first 10% to God. But it was much more than that for my parents, particularly my dad, when I would see this. For example, I'll never forget, and this made such an impression on my life. I remember him calling the associate pastor of the church we went to at the time. It'd be like, anybody that you know can't pay their mortgage payment or whatever, please let me know. I want to be able to help out. Because he he and I learned this about giving that first 10% to God, but then over and above giving offerings to the poor and being generous to those that were in need. And let me tell you something. Listen, you can't be around that spirit and it not get on the inside of you. But by the way, generosity is contagious. Being around people and what they do, it gets on you. By the way, don't miss this, for the good or the bad. That's why we got to watch who our company is. That's, that's why we have to. Matter of fact, you get around somebody that has a foul mouth and it's just all the time and they're just dropping all this stuff. It, unless, you're, unless you're very vigilant and diligent, I'm going to tell you, you can just feel yourself slipping into that, right? And you can use some of that. Not me, but other pastors on our staff. But what I'm saying is, you can, you can, you can, wa- you can watch this. Hey, I, I, it's interesting. I had uh, one of our, our, so one of our worship leaders from England and our, our youth pastor at our, our little Creek campus is from Ireland. I had somebody tell him recently, you're losing your accent. No, he's not losing his accent. He's just gaining the right accent. (laughs) Watch this. This is important. Why is he speaking differently? It's because he's around people that speak that way. Don't ever underestimate the power of those that are around you. And one of the areas that is so contagious is this area of generosity. You get around somebody that's generous, it's like, yeah, yes. Let me give you the scripture. Here it is. I'm so excited about this message today as we finish this series. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Listen to this in the Old Testament, powerful verse that speaks to this concept. Proverbs 22, 9. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives his bread, watch this, to the poor. Now watch. He who has, he or she, any person, don't miss this, those that have a generous what? Everybody say it. I. You ever thought about that? What does it mean to have a generous eye? What does it mean? The person has a generous eye. Here it is. The person has a generous eye will have, watch this, generous hands that ends up with a blessed life. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I know all of you would say yes. We all want to live a blessed life. Well, the key is, watch this, what are you looking at? Now, some of you guys, to be honest, some of you have have an eye for fashion, right? You just see it. You ever been around somebody like that? We have one of our pastors on the staff, and he's a guy. He he just, he can walk in any store. This goes with this, and this goes with that. That that, that was never my gift. I had to have people help me out in life. I'm like, I'll ask Jennifer, you know, what, does this work? Does this go? But, But you have people, they just see it. I mean, they can just... Boom, they walk in and they just, some of you, maybe it's not an eye for fashion, but some of you, some of you may have an eye for talent. You can just see it. I, there's a, I'll never forget, I was listening to this interview one time by a college scout, and they, and they can begin to look at these kids. They start recruiting football players in the eighth grade now. 
And why is that? Here it is. And you have people that are very trained and very savvy in this skill. They, can, they, they have an eye for talent. They can see talent. So some of you may have that. Maybe, maybe an eye for fashion. Maybe an eye for talent. Some of you, and I know we've got people in our church, all of our locations. Some of you have an eye for business opportunity. You can just see it. Like, if I buy that, it's a distressed thing. And if I get that, I'll rent it. And it's like, it's like what? How did that? Well, 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 that's, 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 that's how they see things. They have, some have an eye for fashion. Some have an eye for talent. Some have an eye for entrepreneurial opportunities. And some people have an eye. And by the way, I believe all of us, biblically speaking, should have an eye for generosity. For God so loved the world that he, what's that next word? Say it. He gave. The very nature of God is to give. God is generous. I believe this, and I know this is the holiday season. We're getting into it. And so people, man, it's just, it's a wonderful time. My, my favorite time of the year, and I'm, I'm sure it is for most. But, but, but there's, something about, there's something about the giving of a gift. Now, now, I'm the type of person, if I give a gift to somebody, I know this is probably not right or whatever, but if, like, if I give them a gift, like, I kind of want to like see them open it. Like right there. Hey, I just got this for you. And they're like, oh, man, thank you so much. No, no, like, where are you going? Can you, like, open it up? I don't know if you're like that, but can I tell you something? And it just, and, and it makes me, it just makes me feel so good. Pastor Steve, is that appropriate to feel good when you give a gift to somebody? Yes. Matter of fact, I believe this. I want to say this. Everyone, please hear this. I believe there's certain emotions inside of us that actually are not unlocked until we do give. And by the way, the Bible proves that out. That's why the book of Acts says this. It says, it's quoting our Lord. Here's what it says. It's more blessed, Acts chapter 20, it's more blessed to what? Say it. Than to what? Say it. Why is that? Well, because I believe there's something on the inside of us. Something there. Watch this. There's something that happens in our heart and our emotions when we give. Man, it feels good. God designed us that way. One more story, and I'll jump back into the scripture. There was, there was a, a guy. So I, I graduated from college in 1991, and then I went to Bible school for two years, and then I came back to New Orleans. So I graduated from uptown here in New Orleans from Tulane, then I went to Christ for the Nations, and I went, came back and went to the Baptist Seminary, and then did more school from there. But when I was at Bible college, uh, there was, there was a, a, a very... Let me say this, a very famous, I don't know how it was, people, very renowned missionary that had a lot to do with that school. His name was Wayne Myers. By the way, somebody texted me uh, last night after our service and told me he's still alive. He's 98, Wayne Myers. And he's a, he's a, he was a missionary in Mexico, thousands and thousands and thousands of Churches planted. He was just incredible. But, but his message, this is important. I'm talking about the spirit of generosity getting on you and in you and how contagious it is. His message was live to give. And he, he, he had this kind of voice and he'd be like, live to give. And it is kind of, it's kind of a crackly voice. And, but it inspired me so much. Matter of fact, he'd come every year in the spring. He'd preach a whole week. And then on Friday, we'd have Wayne Myers Day. Let me tell you, on Friday, what you would do is you'd pray all week about what would the Lord have you to give that you have to somebody 
in need. There was a guy named Ram Zengo, and Ram was from Burkina Faso. For those of you that don't know, it's an African nation. Haiti and, and, and uh, Burkina Faso are probably the two poorest nations in the world. You can look that up later. And, and, and he came to our school. We had a lot of internationals that would come to our Bible school. And I remember he, had, he, had, he literally had one outfit the whole year. I don't care how hot it was. I don't care how cold it was. And, and I remember seeing that on him. And every time I would see him, I'd kind of look at what I was wearing. I'd look what he's wearing. And, 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 and I remember, I, I just remember so distinctly coming into that Wayne Myers week, I remember distinctly the Holy Spirit just, or, or just, I heard this voice that it was just on the inside. It was just like I heard this voice. It was, give Ram your leather members only jacket. Now, immediately, the first thought I was, I thought it was the devil. I was like, get behind me, Satan. No, I knew that was God. I, I, remember, I remember that Friday. I couldn't wait. I could not wait to give it to him. And I, I remember taking it off on that Friday and putting it on his jacket. I'm going to tell you something. He was so happy. He started crying, and I'm kind of crying. And I, I stayed there that summer at Dallas. I'm going to tell you something. It was 100, I remember 112 degrees one day in the summertime. He wore the jacket every day. I'm going to tell you something. That Wayne Myers, that spirit, just like with my dad and you, you listen, you get around somebody who's generous and it's contagious. I want to say how proud I am of all the people at Church of the King. Yesterday, I, I found out, uh, say, I think we had at all of our campuses nearly 400 people for our Thanksgiving uh, uh, box. Our, we, we put all of the Thanksgiving uh, meals together. Can we give it up for all the volunteers, nearly 1,600? Come on, I was so proud of you guys. It's contagious. Generosity is contagious. Why are we blessed, Pastor Steve? Well, we're blessed to be a blessing. I know what some of you guys, well, you know, I'm not blessed. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, you are. If you live in America, you're blessed. Any American compared to the global standard, we're blessed. And the purpose of the blessing, the purpose of why God's blessed us is to be that, a blessing to others. 2 Corinthians 9, 11, you'll be enriched in every way. Everyone say every way. Every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity results in thanksgiving to God. I had the privilege this week of interviewing. He came to our lead college day. And God is doing amazing things in our lead college. And uh, we have a partnership at Oral Roberts University, our Little Creek campus. It's so awesome to see. And and uh, we invited a guest. He also spoke to 400 of our business people, uh, David Green. I think we have a picture of that. And you talk about somebody, listen to me, leave that up for a second. You talk about somebody that's generous. And by the way, let me pause right there. Yes, he's a billionaire. But let me tell you something. It's not about the amount of money you have. It's the heart that you have. It's not about, well, I'll be generous when I'm a billionaire. No, you won't. You got to be generous when you're little if you're generous when you're a lot. Matter of fact, statistically, if you're not generous when you have little, you won't, you definitely won't be when you have a lot. Why? Because actually the more people make, the, actually the percentage of what they give statistically proven is less. Shouldn't be that way, but it is. It actually should be the other way around. He was so convicting to me about the gen his whole life. They give like 50% of their profits away. Now they grew into that, but I'm gonna tell you something. But he wrote a book. I want to encourage every business person. In all of our locations, I think we have a, it's, it's, it's called Leadership Not by the Book, and it's talking about 12 unconditional principles. He bases his life and his business on the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, 
And it's transformational. But this spirit, I want to say this again, whether it was on my dad, whether it was on Wayne Myers, whether on him, it's, it's, it's contagious. Let me ask you a question. I want everyone to hear me. Do you want that spirit of generosity on you? Do you want to be a person that literally experiences a joy that's unlocked when you give? I do. Let me just ask for a show of hands. How many of y'all want to experience that? Come on, just with a show of hands. Okay, I'm going to give you guys three quick things, and then we're finished our series, and then next week I jump into something else, all right? Three quick things. I, I trust this will help you. I'm going to talk about three types of givers right now. Number one, the spontaneous giver. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, there is one who scatters yet increases more. Boy, that's counterintuitive. You scatter, but yet you increase more. Yet there's one who withholds more than it is right, but it leads to poverty. Look at the contrast here. One scatters, remember it's seed, they're planting seed, yet increases. Yet there is one who withholds more than what is right. It's appropriate to be able to have God blesses you for your family and your needs. But, but if you're withholding more than what's right and you're not being generous with others, do you see the contrast here? It says the generous soul. That, By the way, if you withhold more than what is right, it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made enriched in every area of life. And he who waters will himself be watered. The first what I would call the first type of giver is a spontaneous giver. And this is the giver, watch this, that has allowed their ear and their eye and their heart to be attuned to the Holy Spirit. In other words, God can actually speak to them and they'll obey and meet a need. Now, one of the greatest examples in the Bible is what we would now know, commonly known as the, the, the story of the Good Samaritan. You ought to read it, Luke chapter 10, there's, a, there's a, a man that is going from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he gets beat up by these robbers and he's left, watch this, he's left for dead on the side of the road. Now he's not dead, but boy, he was beat up bad. The Bible says there's a religious guy that comes by and he looks at him and he actually just kind of says, well, now nah, it's his problem, he goes past it. There's another person, a Levite, another religious guy, another person walks by him and the Bible actually says, and walks on the other side of the road. But there's a Samaritan, which was kind of crazy because a, a Samaritan is a half Jewish, half Assyrian, and, and they were kind of a despised class themselves. And this Samaritan sees, watch this. Remember, when that Samaritan woke up in the morning, they were not expecting to see a beat up person on the side of the road. And they see this person, and the Bible says they bandage him up, they take care of their wounds, pick them up, put them on a donkey, bring them to an inn, a hotel. And look, the Bible says right here, Luke chapter 10, verse 35, on the, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Question, do we have the heart of a good Samaritan? In other words, can God speak to us? And are we open? Or does God have to wrestle with us and wrestle with us? You go to the grocery store and God speaks to you to buy somebody's grocery. Matter of fact, and I'll say this, I'll say this, I, when, when my boys and my kids were younger and they all lived at home, I, I actually would tell them that. We would go, we would, not every time, but a lot, we'd go into the grocery store and I say this in the fear of the Lord. And I, and I would say, guys, you tell me, we're going to pray, who can we bless with my money? 
We're going to just bless them. We're just going to go to the grocery line. And who, who, do, who do you want to do that to? And because and, and I wanted to train them. The same, watch this. The same spirit that was on my dad that is on me, I want that to get on my kids. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Matter of fact, I'll never forget the time when, when my son, he's about 16, he, he just got in a car, maybe 17, he got in his car, and, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd given him my credit card to fill it up for gas, and, and he called me and said, hey, Dad, you know, I got gas, but listen, I brought out all my friends, and I just really felt like God spoke to me. I just, I just like, I bought them all lunch. It was 11 of them. <laughs> I was just like you. I said, no, there's a big difference. That was, that was not your money. That was my money that you were using. All joking aside, honestly, it, 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 didn't, it didn't really bother me. I was actually encouraged. You want to know why? Listen to me. Generosity is contagious. It's contagious. It's contagious. It gets on you. Because there's a, there's, it's, a spiritual, it's a spiritual practice that does something, yes, in the person that's the recipient, but also in us. So question number one. We're almost finished this series. Question number one. Can God speak to you? I'm asking everybody at every location, can God, the Holy Spirit, speak to you about a need in a restaurant, in a workplace, in a neighborhood? Can God speak to you, help that person, bless that person, and will you obey? That's a spontaneous giver. All right, number two. This is a step up, a strategic giver. So they're spontaneous. You wake up in the morning. You have no idea what's going to happen. Holy Spirit speaks. Boom. And you obey. Bless that person. Help that person. Number two, strategic giver. I do believe it's a step up. But this is a person who says this. You know what? We're going to plan to be generous. It's not just a spontaneous. And that's important. By the way, we need all three of these. The spontaneous, Holy Spirit, you wake up in the morning, you're praying, you hear God, you go to your day, and your heart's open. Your heart and your hand's open, but guess what? And your eyes also look it. So that's number one, spontaneous. Number two, strategic is a step up, because this person says, you know what? We're going to plan to actually be generous. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. But a generous person, a generous person, a generous man devises Oh, that's important. Circle that word. Generous things. And by generosity, he shall stand. The word devise actually means to plan, to be strategic. In other words, to look and to devise generous things. Boy, isn't that powerful? Question. Do you devise and plan to be generous? This is so powerful when you begin to understand. In other words, this person, the first person, and by the way, I think all three things should be in our life. Spontaneous and strategic. Spontaneous, Holy Spirit speak. Strategic, we're going to plan to be generous. Now, I'll say this, and I've read this scripture the last three weeks. I'll read it one more time. The foundation, the foundation of being strategic in your giving is becoming a tither. Proverbs chapter 3. It's the found. By the way, tithing's not the ceiling. It's actually the floor. Look at the Bible. It talks about tithes and offerings. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Here's what it says. Honor the Lord. Everyone say, honor the Lord. With your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So don't miss this. And I'm going to tell you what my wife and I do. Watch this. 
The tithe is the floor. The issue for somebody that plans to be generous is they say, I'm a tither. And I want to just say this to everybody. The word of God will revolutionize your life. If you, if you will obey God's word, it releases something in your heart. What does it release? The promise attached to that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, there's a condition and there's a promise. If you fulfill the condition, you receive the promise. And I want to encourage you, if you're not a tither, you need to start according to God's word. Watch the windows of heaven. The only place in the Bible God invites you to test him. But I'm going a step further than that because the Bible does. The Bible talks about tithes. Everybody say tithes. And everybody say offerings. I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to challenge you according to the word. Why don't you believe God in 2023 to go a percent, one or two percent above that, whatever percentage, and your offerings. In other words, devise to be generous. Maybe that famous, that, 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 not that famous, but maybe that, 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 that missionary or that kid that keep that, that nephew that keeps writing that missionary letter to you every year. You're a tither, but why not this year give them 100 or give them or 200 or whatever. Say, you know what? We're going to go above that and we're going to actually plan to set aside a percent of our increase to be able to be generous. This is strategic. This relates back to our budget. By the way, for those of you that are not here, I only do three talks, and they're the same exact three talks every year. The first week I do the Dave Ramsey talk. The second week I do, that was last week, the tithe talk. The third week I do the offerings in general. It's the same. Now, it's different scriptures, but it's the same concept. Because if you budget and begin to do money God's way, you begin to walk into something of the blessing, and you understand tithing. And I'm telling you, your life will change. When you do money God's way. All right, let me give you these two little practical things. I'm going to give it one more time. If you go pull this up. Every couple, every single person. Don't wait. Don't wait. Young people, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait to take Financial Peace University. Take it now. We'll do it in the spring. It's nine or ten weeks now. It's not. They go back and forth. Go to churchoftheking.com slash stewardship. We got resources there. Two big things that you need. Number one, simple income statement. That's a cash flow statement. What's, here it is. And, and it's all there. You can pull it. It's, it's from Dave Ramsey. Everybody needs to know this. What's coming in and what? Say it. What's going out? That's cash flow, income statement. And here's the other one. Balance sheet, all right? Some balance or equity sheet. Here it is. Here it is. It's what you own versus what you say. Oh, all right? So we need these two sheets and we need to know where we are. I had that conversation with a young person in our church a couple, actually a couple months ago. They were talking about debt and they were talking about, they, didn't, they had no idea even how, how much they had in debt. I'm like, you got to know. How can you believe God to attack it if you don't know? So these two things we give you. So let me just say this to you, and then I've got one more point and I'll, I'll close. You got a plan to be strategic. Jennifer and I do that every year. We've been tithers. My dad, I was discipled. My dad taught me about tithing. A man named Will taught me about it, who I worked for in college, and my pastor, all of them. Tithing was a foundation way before I was a pastor. First 10%, boom. That's about lordship. By the way, tithing's not about generosity. It's about lordship, putting God first. You got to see that. Then my dad and all of these men taught me about being generous and giving to the poor and giving to missions and giving over and above. Every year, Jennifer, we'll talk about that. 
Where do we want to give above our tithe? Who do we want to bless? What group? What do we want to do? What kids do we want to send on mission trips? How much do we want to allocate towards? And we do, why? Because the Bible says that we not only spontaneously should respond to God in the need, but we should also devise and plan to be generous. Third and final thing, and we're done. Is this helping anybody today? Hope so. Four or five of y'all, that's nice. It makes me feel better about myself. I'm working hard up here, by the way. But so, and, and by the way, I'm going to say this one more time. At Church of the King, if you come to this church, I will never, ever, ever apologize for preaching anything in this Bible. I, listen to me, and I say that very respectfully. I fear God more than I fear you. I'm going to preach about the end times. I'm going to preach about heaven. I'm going to preach about hell. I'm going to preach about sin. I'm going to preach about righteousness. I'm going to preach about biblical marriage. I'm going to preach about the afterlife. I'm going to preach about the antichrist. I'm going to preach about how to walk with peace with God. I'm going to preach about tithes. I'm going to preach about offerings, how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not. Why? Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you, what, say it, free. Free in every area of your life. Last point, and we're done. So it's a step up. Number one, spontaneous, Holy Spirit. This is fun life. I, I, and I say this, way before I was a pastor, I was a Christian 12 years before I was a pastor. I love that generosity. Boom, let's bless this person. Hey, shoo, shoo. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I don't, want ever, I don't ever want there to be a moment. Now remember, God's not required me to meet every need, but there are some needs that God's saying, boom, meet that spontaneous. Two, strategic. Devising to be generous. Three, the sacrificial giver. And I believe this is a step up. I want everyone to hear me. I've got three or four minutes and I'm done. This is important. Beyond spontaneous and strategic, there is sacrificial. I believe sacrificial giving is very deep. I believe it moves the heart of God. I don't believe it's an everyday occurrence. I don't. I believe there's seasons of sacrifice that God will call you as a single or as couples to. And when God calls you to that, in other words, it's a season of sacrifice where you go, I'm going to go without that in order to be able to do this for God. And when God asks you to do this, I'm not talking about tithing here. That's obedience to the word. I'm talking about when God, there's a great blessing attached to it. I don't believe it's an everyday thing, but I do believe there's seasons in all of our lives, where God touches our shoulder and says, I want you to do this for me, and so I want you to go without that for this season in order to do this. It's powerful, and God gives you the grace for it. You've got to be willing to obey him when he asks you to do it. Let me give you one last scripture, and then we'll close. There's, a, there's, a, there's actually a story in the Bible. I don't have time to unpack it in 2 Samuel 24. When David was going to sacrifice to God, don't miss this, and somebody was actually going to give him the animals to sacrifice. And you know what David said? Here's what he said. He said, I'm not going to give something that doesn't cost me something. Matter of fact, he said it this way, I will not give that which costs me nothing. In other words, David says, I got to feel it. Listen to me closely. There's times in all of our lives there's times in all of our lives. It's important. You got to feel, and by the way, this has nothing to do with the amount of money you make. or the, It has to do with obedience to God's word, and there's seasons where we all have to feel it. 
This is important. I know some of you say, well, I feel it every day. Well, really? According to the world standards? You got to think about that. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. The Bible says Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in. Look at this woman. She felt it. And she watched the crowd, and he watched the crowd putting the money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow, this is powerful, has put more into the treasury than all the others. Then they gave, they gave out of their wealth. This is a sad indictment on people of wealth in the United States. You look at the statistics up. Statistically speaking, those that make more actually give less percentage of their incomes. And that's a, to, nothing to do with the Bible. It's statistics. You can look that up after church, not while I'm preaching. All right, here we go. They gave out of their wealth. This is the words of Jesus. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had. There's such a moment here. There's such a moment here. And, and, and I'm going to say this to you. It's not about amounts. It's really about what it costs you. I, I'll never forget the Holy Spirit. The first big, big, big one in my life, real big one, is my wife and I were married. We had just gotten married, and there was a youth pastor around. Uh, he and his wife had come to our house for dinner. We were living in an apartment. This is 1995 or 6. And, and I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me. They were they were there. They didn't they they didn't have a car. They they had one car. It was a, excuse me. They had one van. It was really broken down. We had two cars, and right in the middle of that, I said, "I'm going to give you my car." And 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 I thought, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> now I hesitate to even give these examples, lest you go out of church and say, "Oh, pastor said that." Because no, I'm trying to do it to inspire you. I could care less about myself, but I'm trying to help you. Now, I know what some of you guys say, yeah, that's because his dad's rich and he had a brand new. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We had one car for eight months. My parents didn't give me any money. Eight months. It was like, you probably had 100 cars in your house. Isn't that what the Bible said? No, 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 no. It costs me. As a matter of fact, I even thought about it at times. I thought, wow, did I miss God? No, I didn't miss God. And actually, my wife took extra tutoring things, and I did extra things to be able to make some resources to be able to buy. Let me tell you something. I think that, and that's not an everyday occurrence, but there's times where it's got it's it's to cost you a little bit. I'll say this in the fear of the Lord. There's people in this church every time. And by the way, we're not getting ready to go into a building campaign. So it's like, is he teeing this up for a building? No, I'm not. I'm teeing you up to obey God in your life. Are, are you with me? Listen to me closely. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's people in this church that this church was built upon the sacrifice of people giving. I remember when we started Little Harry Lemons, we started, I was asked, my wife and I were asked. This wasn't our idea. Church King was not our idea. It was God's idea. We were asked to come across. I was a youth evangelist. And we we were asked by a group of people and by my pastor, and, and I remember we rented a little building on Harry Lemons Road right here in Mandeville, and the first thing that we needed was to be able to raise some money for maroon chairs. Why maroon, Pastor? I have no idea, because every church in 1999 had maroon chairs. And I remember, I remember, our, we had no chairs, no chairs. By the way, when the church started, 
The pastor gave me a checkbook. I, we had $14,000 in a checkbook that, that they had given me, all right, from a previous church, $14,000, and, and to be able to pay the rent, to be able to pay everything. We didn't have money to be able to buy check. We didn't have the money to be able to buy the check. I think it was actually less than that. And, and here's my point. And I remember taking an offering. And people sacrificed. There's a couple in the church today in the, at the Little Creek campus. I remember when they wrote the check. I remember when they did that. That's sacrifice. Sure, sometimes we give out of our abundance. God, David Green, he's a billionaire. He didn't start that way. You got to see this. I remember he said, he said this this week. He remember he came back from a missions conference. He wrote a check for $600, and he was on a plane going back. They had two Hobby Lobby stores. This was 40, 50 years ago, 1972, whatever that is. I don't know how many years. Is that 50? I'm sorry. I'm 50, so I'm forgetting what's 50. Huh? <laughs> and he was on that plane, and the Holy Spirit told him he should have, and he gave him a different number. It was a lot bigger than what he gave. And it was, he says, that was a sacrifice. Every building that's been built, everything that's been, I, this sacrifice, and it's not just about buildings, it's about people that have given. I'm telling you, there's something about, and it's not every day, but there's seasons where God asks you, God asks you to say, I'm going to ask you to do this. In order to do this, you're going to have to go without that, but, but I'm going to bless you. And then there'll be another season down the road. And it's not about the amount that you give. You've got to see that. That's my hesitation of using a David Green. Well, it's a billionaire. No, no, no. It's, it's about willing to be this person, a generous person. So I conclude. I conclude my series. I conclude the talk message today. Number one, would you be open to being a spontaneous giver? Just be open to that. Just say, Holy Spirit, if you speak to me, I promise you, I, I'll do my best to respond to that need at a grocery store, to respond at work. It's not about a lot of money. Maybe $5, whatever it is. Number two, I'm going to encourage you as your pastor, be a strategic giver. Put God first and program into your budget. Maybe it's a percentage. Maybe it's two, whatever, 2023, to be a blesser to missions, to be able to help people, to be able to maybe to respond to this time when that kid sends the newsletter for, 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 for going to, to India. And you say, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to be able to respond X amount this year to be able to give over and above that. We want to be strategic. And number three. Maybe God's calling you into a special season of sacrifice. Again, we don't have anything planned at our church right now. We don't have any necessary building campaigns. Three, But just because the church is not in that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be in that. What is God asking you to do? I don't know. And by the way, you can't, don't compare yourself with somebody else. It's between you and God. What is God asking you to do? But if God asks you to do something, just obey him. Because here's what I know. The generous eye, you got to see this, has generous hands, and they'll be blessed. You guys received that message today? Does that help you out? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. I'm going to pray for you guys and give it back to the campus pastors. But I, I, just, I just, as we conclude this series, every year, same time, same three weeks, same general concepts. I hope this year, I hope this year it touches you differently. Hope this year, like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to step out and obey God. And I know fear tries to hold us back, but I'm going to tell you, look fear in the face. Don't let fear cripple your potential of what you can become and do in God. Don't, don't let it. Yeah. If you do not know Christ, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now. If you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, 
Maybe you need prayer for something. By the way, our team is here to pray for you, to believe God for miracles in your life. We believe that God heals. We believe that God restores. Whatever your need is, we're here for you. Father, bless your people. Release in us a generous heart. Give us a generous eye so that we'd have a generous heart, so that we'd have generous hands. Bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Wow, what a powerful message and what a great way to wrap up this series. And we just wanna take a minute right now to recognize those of you who are making that decision for the first time to give your lives to Jesus. Man, we're just so excited for you and we wanna say congratulations because we know that this is the best decision you could ever make. The Bible says the moment you give your lives to Christ that you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And we as your church family, we'd be honored to get to rally around you and support you as you begin your brand new life with Christ. Yes, we are so happy for you all. Go ahead and click the link on the screen or in the chat, and it will provide so many amazing resources that will help you as you walk in your new life with Christ. And hey, we are so happy to start our new series. It's called Vertical, Living a Godward Life. We will see you next week. Same time. Same place. We love you all so much. Have an amazing week.